Welcome to Room for Improvement from Homestyle.uk and Your Home and Homestyle magazines, where our editorial team tackles your burning questions about all things decor and DIY. I'm Rebecca Messina, our digital editor, and with me in the studio today, once again, our Homestyle editor, Kirsty Dewig. Hello again, Kirsty. Hi, Rebecca. And Homestyle.uk staff writer, Hannah Try. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. As ever, if you have a question you'd like our experts to answer, you can drop us an email at podcast at yourhomestyle.uk. Please do. So our first question today is from Emily, and it came via email. She wants to know, what's the cheapest way to cover tiles on a fireplace? And she adds that she's not looking for paint recommendations because it's the texture of the tiles she wants to change what options does she have so i have done lots of research on this because (laughs) i've painted tiles before and i've used tile stickers but the texture here is the issue so the cheapest way to cover up old tiles is painting or using tile stickers obviously painting isn't something that emily wants to do because of the texture but if you do want to paint your tiles listen to our previous episode because We go into that in depth. Tile stickers, you can use them on a fire surround. You can get heat-resistant tile stickers. Make sure you check, obviously, (laughs) before applying them uh, because you don't want them melting off. But it is absolutely fine to use them, but you need smooth tiles. They're not going to stick properly to a bumpy surface. The other thing you can do if you're lucky and you have a smooth tiled fireplace is use the vinyl wrap again you can get sort of tile effect but you can do all sorts of different things jess rose does vinyl wrap for fireplaces and actually has a really good tutorial on their website it's just jessrose.co.uk and it's j-e-s rose like the flower just search fireplace tutorial and you'll find that and that's really good the other place um, that i really like for sticky back vinyl tiles is dc fix so between them they pretty much will cover any design that you might like Uh, but none of this is helping emily (laughs) Um, so basically i did lots of research to see can you sand the tiles smooth is there anything you can apply to the tiles And not really, unfortunately. So if it's floor tiles, again, you've got a little bit more leeway because you can basically add a sort of plasticky solution that will smooth them out. Mm -hmm. But because it's on the wall and because potentially it's going to be exposed to heat, there isn't really anything you can do. If you try to sand off, what you're actually going to do is take so much of the top of the tile off that you're going to compromise the tile. Yeah, because they're quite thin already. Yeah, you're just going to end up with something all crumbly and messy and not really any good. So... My advice would be either embrace the texture that you hate (laughs) and paint them or just go for it and remove them. If you decide to remove them, you basically, depending on how well adhered they are, you hopefully can do it with just like a big old hammer and a chisel and you just chip them off i have previously had tiles that were just stuck on with i do not know what and i had to borrow like a masonry drill and wear a visor and it was like a big job and i did have to enlist my stepdad alan who i will mention frequently in this podcast (laughs) because he he is a genius So basically, I did have to enlist help. I just couldn't get them off. In this instance, if you can get the tiles off, there are loads and loads of tutorials. Tiling is not as hard as you might think. There are loads of tutorials on YouTube that you can watch. Watch loads if you're going to have a go. My advice would be, 
first of all, small format tiles are easier and more forgiving because it's easier to sort of move them around and cover up lumps and bumps and slightly uneven bits of the wall. Secondly, if you're doing a fire surround, I've tiled my fire surround in my house. What I did and was lucky enough to be able to do was actually choose a tile that was the exact width of the fire surround because what you want to do is minimise cutting, basically. Cutting is the fiddly bit. Actually sticking them on is is not so fiddly. And again, grouting, you'll get the hang of it really quickly. You just need to. You just need to get the right tools. So look for small format tiles or look for a tile that really fits your space really minimize your cutting Mm. hannah we were talking about tiling the other day and you were suggesting covering them up with a surround yeah you might be able to box it in if you really really hate it um, Mm. and you can't get a tile that you like and you yeah yeah so what would that involve some woodwork yes (laughs) Uh, some well it depends if the fireplace is being used or not you'll Mm. need to have some heat resistant mdf Maybe. Yeah, heat resistant plywood. Yeah, plywood. Yeah. And you can even tile that maybe if you wanted to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or you could, this is layers upon layers, but you could stick a fire surround onto your boxed in fireplace. I mean, yeah. it depends kind of what you're dealing with in the first place and mm-hmm. how large that would end up being. But there are things you can do. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think if it was me, I'd bite the bullet. And I'd Mm. take them off. Mm. Yeah. But I had some tiles that I really hated in my old house. And I I painted them in the end because they were smooth. And I was so glad that I did because the difference was huge. Mm. And it really only cost me, you know, 20 quid for some paint. And if they were lightly textured tiles, if it was just kind of a brushed finish, in that case, could you use tile stickers on them still? They won't stick. Really? They won't stick because be you've, you've got to create, you've basically got to create a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. So when you apply vinyl or a tile sticker, what you do is you use either a little tool that you can buy mm. or a credit card people use yeah. and you, you sort of stick it down at one end and then you scrape that credit card to get rid yeah. of all the air bubbles otherwise it'll just peel off you could if all of the DIY sounds terrifying potentially you could paint them with a pattern which may disguise the texture if you're mm-hmm. going to paint them all one color then the texture will become really clear but if you paint them with I don't know stripes or spots or flowers or whatever it is you particularly like then you will be distracting the eye away from that texture and people will be looking at the pattern instead that's a really good idea potentially yeah that's a great idea well give it a go and send us a picture unless it turned out terribly in which case don't send us a picture So our second question is from Heather and it comes via Instagram. She says, I live in rented accommodation, so I'm not allowed to paint my wall. But I find the white walls really stark. I think this is such a common issue in rentals. Any ideas for how I can add some colour to my wall without painting them? Hi, Heather. It's good news. There's loads of things you can do. So I would start with thinking about whether or not you can paint your furniture. If it's stuff that you own that you haven't um, rented along with the rest of your flat, you can add colour to the walls by painting your furniture the colour you like because they tend to be quite large things. So bookcases or wardrobes or coffee tables and chairs, like all of those things, you will be adding in colour without. So it's still paint, but it's not on the walls. Mm. So paint the movable things that you already have. Another thing you can do is use picture hanging strips. We're going to talk about picture hanging strips a lot (laughs) during this series, but they are so helpful. You can use these to hang up large scale prints that you like. So get yourself a really colourful, lovely, large format print of whatever it is you like, flowers, 
scenes of woodland landscapes, whatever you like, <laughs> and just have that kind of filling as big a space as you can get. Yeah. Another thing you can use are removable hooks. So they come from the same brand that do the picture hanging strips, but they are hooks. So yeah. you can use these to hang other things. So wall hangings like tapestries, kind mm-hmm. of fabricy things. Or another thing which I really, really like is if there is a wallpaper that you would love to have one day or just happen to really like at the moment, get yourself a roll of it or get yourself some large scale samples for free. Um, <laughs> but don't come to me if you get in trouble. And use magnetic poster hanging strips Whoa. on either end of your sample and hang those. Huh. Yeah. That's very clever. Thank you very much. When it comes to using picture hanging strips, do you have to use specific brands to prevent damaging the paintwork? Just because we, we've used some around ours and when we came to take them down, oh, they, what brand did you use? I don't want to say because <laughs> I'm not 100% sure and I don't want to get in trouble. But like, are there, are there is there anything that's particularly good for walls where you really can't afford to damage them? I would say command strips mm-hmm. are... Yeah. I mean, they're the biggest or the easiest to get yeah. hold of. I would say them they're the most reliable. I've, I've used them and but... I've removed them without damaging the wall. Yeah. I would also say definitely speak to your landlord. If you haven't already, ask them whether or not you can paint. It's mm. always worth asking them. It's kind of in their interest to keep you happy, keep you living there. And they're getting a free room renovation. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly that. And that might be that they are willing for you to paint it for yourself, but want you to paint it back after you've finished. And really, a reasonable landlord should let you do that. Yeah, often they'll ask you to paint it white. Mm. And you can just, so you can literally pick up a really cheap, massive tub of contract matte white paint, go to Wix, go to B&Q, go to one of those those stores, pick it up a really cheap tub and then you just slap it everywhere and you're, put, you're painting wall and ceiling. You don't have to do any edging. Mm. Really easy, quick. I mean, I don't advise this, but I will say that when we were renting, we painted the whole living room from like white to pale blue and the landlord never noticed and never said anything about it. Well, same. My yeah. landlord was like, you can paint it neutrals as a, okay, pink is a neutral. And he was fine about it. I mean, especially yeah. if they don't come around very often, they're probably not going to notice the difference unless you paint it, you know, fuchsia or something. Not that we advise that, just to be clear. <laughs> Do definitely get permission. Yeah. <laughs> This next question comes from Caroline and she says, I'm bored with plain bland ceilings when I look up. Help. How can mm-hmm. I change this on a budget? Also, what works best for ceilings in a one bedroom flat in terms of making it look bigger? Okay. Fun. Really fun. Yeah. So not bland, bigger, budget. Okay. I might split this into two sections. <laughs> start with fun and then like finish with bigger. So stay tuned. If your ceiling is flat, I think most of my ideas here will be based on it being flat. I want to come back to Artex in a minute with you, Kirsty, please, because I know that you've had some issues. <laughs> um, so if your ceiling is flat, the smallest thing you can do is probably paint yourself like a faux ceiling rose. This can be really, really lovely. You can do any shape, any colour. Circles are really lovely because you're kind of a standard white ceiling rose that comes with your pendant fittings tend to be circular. So if you just mirror that circle in a larger size, it looks really sweet. And you can also, if you're feeling particularly artistic, paint in a little shadow. So a tiny bit of grey, very pale grey, or a greyer tone of whatever it is that you're painting your shape. Do a little 
edge of that away from the main light source in that room so away from a window mm. and it'll look like your ceiling rose is a 3d and you can you, you can just use normal emulsion yeah. paint for that ceilings are normal emulsion paint yeah. generally speaking you could also paint the whole ceiling mm. <laughs> this is obviously a much bigger job but it looks incredible if you're going to do this i would paint the coving as well if you've got something like a picture rail then go down to the picture rail even yeah, but don't stop before you get to the coving because mm-hmm. it'll look kind of stuck on. Um, yeah. Another thing you can do is create texture on the ceiling. You can create a really beautiful period look by using an eglyptor textured wallpaper. On the ceiling? On the ceiling. Whoa. Yeah. It looks fantastic, but it relies on having the sort of property that this would make sense in. Having a property with period features lends itself to having a period feeling ceiling. And how would you apply it? Because I'm picturing like Charlton Heston in the agony and the ecstasy, you know, like lying on a big platform. I mean, it's not unlike that. You will definitely need to have two people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of ladders, lots of patience. Yeah, it is awkward. And I would say I have just spent some considerable amount of time removing vinyl textured wallpaper from all the ceilings in my house because my house is 1950s it's Mm. not victorian or edwardian so it really didn't look great and it is really hard to get off yeah so only do it if you love it (laughs) and in terms of making it look bigger if you're going to paint or use wallpaper what sorts of colors or patterns might you be thinking of this is a slightly controversial choice but i think gloss ceilings look incredible. They need an awful lot of prep and an awful lot of patience, but the amount of light that gets thrown down from a gloss ceiling is phenomenal. Mm. It'll completely change the feeling of your room. I actually love painting colour on ceilings. Mm. So in my living room and my dining room, I've completely colour drenched the room. So I've actually gone with like a very dusky pink, but I've painted the walls, everything, basically the walls, the coving, the skirtings, the ceiling, the whole lot in that colour. And it looks gorgeous. And they're not particularly high ceilings and they're not big rooms. And it really does make it feel more spacious, but it also can feel really cosy as well. It's really nice. It doesn't feel stark. But I also love, I love a yellow ceiling, actually. I love a Hmm. mustardy, sunshiny yellow ceiling because it's just so brightening and it's such a happy colour. Obviously, it depends on the rest of your decor. Mm. In my son's room, and it's not a big room, I've actually painted the ceiling dark blue and then got him a shade with a copper lining so it really reflects the light. But it doesn't look dark. It, funny enough, it doesn't make the room darker. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got a reasonable size window, but it looks lovely. And then at night, it's just really cosy and it feels a bit like a night sky. I think colour drenching sometimes sounds a bit counterintuitive when you've got a smaller room because you feel like it's going to make the room feel closed in. Whereas I suppose what happens when the ceiling's a different colour to the walls is it's really calling attention to where the ceiling is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what Hannah's suggesting of where you're painting down your ceiling, you're painting down to the coving or a picture rail. Again, it just brings that coziness. It brings a really cozy effect and it it sort of expands your ceiling Mm. as well. But yeah, if you want to really blur the line between the wall and the ceiling, then colour drenching is the way to go. And I particularly love it because you don't have to do any edging. Yeah, It's much easier to paint. And the impression I'm getting is that in terms of colour, it doesn't really matter too much what the colour is. You can sort of follow your heart a bit on that. There's no specific colour yeah. you need to pick to make it look I bigger. would say avoid anything that's super dark, but mm. 
just you having moved away from white is kind of enough to to have the effect of it being yeah. bigger. Yeah. yeah, and again, sort of have a think about what type of light is in that room. So, um, you know, we've talked before about north-facing and south-facing light. So if, if your room is north-facing and it's quite dark, then consider warmer tones where you've got the sort of yellow or the pink undertone mm-hmm. to the paint colour that you choose. And again, that doesn't have to mean it's yellow or pink. It could be a green, it could be a blue, but just consider that. If it's south-facing, then you've sort of got pretty much whatever colour you like because you've got all the, you know, the best sort of warmest light coming in from most of the day but just again there's no reason not to use testers on the ceiling you can either paint the swatch or paint a big sheet of lining paper tape it up with masking tape on your ceiling and live with it for a couple of days and check that you still like it in different lights Mm. that's the thing to do and you know if you do want to stick with white if you don't want to have to make decisions about color putting up polystyrene ceiling roses polystyrene coving Mm. all of that stuff will make your ceiling more interesting without having to paint yeah and i'm assuming that that beats the budget specification Mm. as well you're not going to be spending heaps on that and polystyrene coving and ceiling roses you can put up by yourself you don't need to get anyone to come in to kind of help whereas plaster ones you definitely do oh my gosh yeah Yeah. Yeah, and they're really cheap and you can just glue them on yeah they make such a difference very lightweight and you can paint them as well you can paint them as well Yeah. yeah Yeah, I've got, I have them in my house. I inherited polystyrene coving and mm. I did consider whether to remove it because I don't live in a, particularly live in a period property, but actually I just decided to leave it in situ because it was easier and painted it and it's painted up perfectly. Yeah, well, hopefully that helps, Caroline. Loads of ideas. So our final question this week is a bit of a big one. And what I love is it has this emotional resonance to it. It really speaks to the fact that homes aren't just where we live. They're full of memories. And this question taps into how do we respect the past of the home that we're decorating while still evolving over time? So this one's from Kim. She says, I'm about to tackle a small room about 11 foot by 9 foot. It has two windows that open into a small conservatory, which itself, bar in the summer, has very little natural light. The room is taken up by, at one end, cream built-in wardrobe and drawers. This leaves a small space between it and the double bed the room is always dark i would like to make it look lighter and brighter because at the moment with its white walls it still looks dark and depressing my father lived in the house he passed on in january it was the room he slept in this house has been passed on to myself that room in particular is important to me i just want to make it look more inviting currently the way it is leaves me thinking about my father all the time in a cloudy way i don't want big wallpaper patterns and bright pink walls just a room that lifts me and feels a little cheerful First of all, just really sorry to hear that you lost your dad this year, Kim. And we can all, you know, we can all relate to that and really understand why you'd like to lift the decor, but without going over the top, yeah. you know, not not changing it in, into sort of something that feels really childish or, or too much. So what I would suggest, as the room doesn't have that much natural light and it's quite a small space, is that I would decorate with some really lovely, warm, neutral colours and lots and lots of texture. And that will have the effect of cosying up the space and making it feel really comfortable and snug. But again, without making it feel childish or garish or or just sort of too, too different. It'll mm. be different, but not too different. So I would look for a sort of taupe, mushroom, milky coffee shade for the walls. Look for a colour with a little bit of pink or yellow undertone, like I was saying before, because those colours are so much more warming than a really cold, bluish white. Some lovely paint shades that I've used previously are Dulux. They make one called Nutmeg White. Also Natural Hessian and Subtle Seashell. Those are all gorgeous. I actually have 
a good home from being Cupane in my bedroom called Tijuana, which is spelled like T-I-J-U-A-N-A. They have a whole paint range named after South American places, I'm going to say. They're all kind of those lovely, warm, brownish, neutrals. They're gorgeous. Mm. Uh, the Tijuana, I love. It feels warm all day and in the evening, and it's just a really comforting colour. So I'd say, first off, paint the walls and give them that warmth. If you're going to update the flooring, you could either opt for something like a wood laminate, which might tie in with the conservatory, and and then sort of add a really nice, chunky, neutral-coloured rug just to add that real softness and warmth and texture. If you're carpeting, then I would go with something like an oatmeal shade. Again, Mm. something neutral and warm, maybe with a little bit of fleck in it so that it's not just all plain. And then... You know, even if you've got a carpet, you can still add rugs. If you're not updating the flooring, but you want to change it, you could opt for something like a big oversized rug that almost fits the whole space. Mm. And then sort of lovely things like faux sheepskin rugs just at the the side of the bed where you get out of bed and put your feet straight onto something lovely and soft. So the windows, curtains are obviously much softer than blinds. If you have a nice straight wall, then something you might do is go for a double curtain rail. I wouldn't advise this if you've got any curve because then they become really expensive. But you can buy really affordable double rails from places like Dunelm and Ikea. What you could do then is add a lovely thin cotton curtain, often called a voile, if I've pronounced that Mm -hmm. right, which would then screen off the conservatory if you needed to during the day, if someone's using the room, but still allow lots of natural light to filter through. And then you can add a heavier curtain on on sort of the inner rail. And again, look for something with lots of lovely texture in it. I would also advise, if you can, taking the curtains right down to the floor. It just feels more sumptuous and more cosy and maybe like slightly longer than the floor so that Mm. they pool a little bit at the bottom. I really think that looks really luxurious and really lovely. If you're looking for curtains, look for the sales. I would really advise, do not buy full price. Laradut, Yusk, J-Y-S-K, Yusk, Ikea. When they have sales on, you can pick up fantastic curtains, so much cheaper. Mm. I also, uh, rather than kind of having them ready-made to fit, I just layer them up. So I'll have two, three, four different curtains Mm -hmm. and just just put them all on because then it's actually quite handy because you can open different parts of the curtains at once, but but also it's much cheaper than, than having something bespoke. And then lighting. Obviously, you one thing you could do is really soften up the lighting in there. So we've talked on our previous podcast actually about about lighting, but one of the things you can do is use LED lights, plugins, uh, wall mounted. You don't need to rewire. Mm-hmm. There are so many different options out there. Lots of them are kind of magnetic, or they come with a USB cable, so you can charge them up. And think about warm white rather than yeah. rather than cool white bulbs, because that gives you lots more warmth. And then it's all down to the bed, really. You want to just layer that up and make it soft and sumptuous, loads of texture, mm-hmm. throws, pillows, lovely cushions. 
you know, mix them up. Don't don't be too matchy-matchy. Really mix them up. And, you know, in the winter, you might put a quilt on the bed, but just, just to create that lovely, soft, warm texture. And I, I really hope that that answers your question and gives you some ideas and that, and that you can kind of make that room uh, feel really warm and cosy and lovely so that you can kind of remember your dad in, in a much sort of cosier way than, than how it is now. Okay, so let us know how you get on, Kim. And that's all we've got time for today. And as always, we'll put all the products that we've mentioned in the show notes on our website. So just look for them. It's yourhomestyle.uk. And thanks for joining us. Don't forget, if you have a decor dilemma for our panel, send it to us. The address is podcast at yourhomestyle.uk. See you next time.